0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Baggies Broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by a man who is currently eating his lunch here at Express and Star Towers. Mr. Matthew Wilson, our West Brom correspondent. Matt, how are you today?
1: Yeah, very well, thanks. That's a nice way to sell it to the uh, listeners.
0: Well, that's it. You know, uh, we like to be completely honest here. Uh, Matt has been swept off his feet today. He's been very, very busy writing all things Albion, so... He's having to partake in lunch whilst we're recording this podcast. He's as in the majority of it now. So I promise you shouldn't have too many uh, chewing sounds coming through in your speakers or whatever device your listeners listening, is to, listening us to, to us through. Uh, Matt will uh, jump straight in. Uh, West Brom took on Everton at Goodison Park over the weekend. Um, they got a draw last time and they probably felt a bit harsh done by. A bit hard done by there, um, but they got a draw again this time. And Alan Pardew, he did say take a point, didn't he?
1: He did before the game. Yeah, um, I just put this soup down before I answer this question. <laughs> um, yeah, he he did, um, and I suppose you, you you come back from Goodison Park thinking, yeah, that is a good. You know, that's always a good point. Getting a point at Goodison, um, it's not been a happy hunting ground for Albion recently. Um, and you look at Everton's team; it is brimming with talent, um, and they've spent nearly fifty million pounds on on attackers already this this window. Um, so on one the on one hand, it's a good point. On the other hand, they're on a run. They're on a poor run of form, Everton. And um, Albion probably just about shaded it. I thought, and um, I don't think they would have been would have been completely disgraceful for them to come back with all three. Mm. Um, there was quite quite a number of good performances in there. Okay, they, they weren't absolutely hammering down the door, but they ha- they had a few good chances and. Uh, you know, on another day that, you know, if Rondon's shot in the last minute goes in, or if his header goes in in the first half, it could be a different a different tale. You know, I, I thought Everton were pretty poor from what I could see. No wonder the locals are getting um, on Allardyce's back. Um, they just seem to pass sideways all the time and then they lacked much penetration. Mm. In fact, the only time that they really threatened the goal, they scored. So, um, yeah, I think um, on another day, it would have been three points, but I, I suppose a point away from home, Keeps the momentum going, keeps the good feeling about the place going, and um, it's probably the home games. Uh, the upcoming home games are probably going to be the ones that define Albion's season, um, because although a draw is good, it's you know draws aren't good enough at this stage, mm. and I think um, they need to uh, they need to start turning them into victories. Um, I think you know you look at what happened elsewhere, and they fell further behind seventeenth, albeit getting a little slightly closer to, to, to quite a few teams, you know, it's pretty congested, that table.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, and obviously you touched on some of the other teams getting results. I mean, is this cons- is this a game which you, I mean, he did say take a point, as you said. Is this a point gained or is it too dropped for you?
1: I wouldn't say it's too dropped because they were it's not like they were, you know, 3-0 up or 2-0 up and, and cruising. Mm. Even when they were 1-0 up, it, almost, it always felt like Everton could get back into the game. Um, no, so I wouldn't say it was a point drop. Maybe it might have been two points dropped had it been at home. But I think it's probably, you know, a point gained um, in the grand scheme of things because going away to Goodison, you know, they're probably going to finish in the top half this season. Mm. I, I, that's, I don't think you can sniff at that. So, uh, yeah, I call it a point gained. Um, but as I said, positives there to to be had.
0: That's it. And one of them, of course, uh, Jay Rodriguez uh, netting once again. Um it's good to see him scoring, especially, you know, take, taking a chance like he did. I mean, we've not seen too many goals from open play for the strikers this season, but it's nice to see uh, J-Rod really getting in and uh, hitting the back of the net.
1: Yeah, it was a good finish. Um, he still had a lot to do. Mm. I mean, it was a great all-round team goal, to be honest. Rondon's hold-up play in the centre circle was fantastic. He drew about three defenders into him and just squeezed it through to Kukoviak, who's, you know, first-time ball with the outside of his boot. I'm sure everybody listening to this has already seen it. It's absolutely superb. Mm. It's the sort of um, class that Albion thought they were signing, and he, he's starting to live up to his reputation now, Krakowiak. So that's good to see. Fantastic ball, but there was still a lot for Rodriguez to do there. He had to chest it down yeah. and then stick it past Jordan Pickford, who I thought played really well and is, you know, has been one of Everton's shining lights this season. So it was a finish of confidence and um, quality, and he's now got three in his last five. Now, okay, the first one was a penalty. The second one was against Exeter. And that was a proper goal, you know, mm-hmm. a proper team goal, and then a proper striker's finish. So there are positive signs there for Rodriguez. You've got to remember also, considering the week he's just had following the allegations from Brighton's Gates and Bong, mm-hmm. to, to come up, pop up, and play like he did, and score like score a goal like that. It just shows his character and the sort of person he is. So, I, you know, although I do think they still probably need another attacker in this window if they can. It's it's not the disastrous situation that it was looking like if they don't get anyone in purely mm. because you've got Rodriguez and Rondon there vastly improved in recent weeks I think um, okay Rondon's finishing and still leaves a lot to be desired you know he looked better with his with his right foot on Saturday he had a couple of long range efforts one that tested Pickford one that smacked the bar mm-hmm. but his heading you know he should have scored a header in the, towards the end of the first half to be honest yeah um, and um, then he. He nearly, he nearly diverted one really well uh, in the second half. He just doesn't seem to be able to score, um, but his all-round play, bringing players into into the, bringing his teammates into the game, has been really good recently. And it just shows, goes to show, what he's like when he's got players up up around him. Mm. Um, so there could be a partnership brewing there between those two. If Rondon can link up well, then Rodriguez sticks the ball in the net. You know, realistically, you only need one of them scoring. Um, or, or ideally, you'd have both. But, you know, you just need one of them to get, what, six, seven goals before the end of the season. And that might be enough with the other people chipping in. So I think there are promising signs there, um, you know, albeit with the caveats that Weatherton were poor mm-hmm. and Albion had once again lost a lead that they'd held for, held for most of the game. And they're making a bit of a habit of doing that this season. So. You know, like I say, more positives than negatives, but it doesn't mean that um, everything is rosy in the garden.
0: Yeah, and I suppose the, the big talking point that came from the game, which was really, it, it did mar the game, was the injury to James McCarthy. Of course, it's been confirmed now. It's a double leg break for him. Of course, Solomon Rondon, he's there's no intent there whatsoever. He's going to strike the ball. McCarthy just beats him to it, doesn't he? And you just got to hope that a, McCarthy obviously recovers from his injury because, you know, at the end of the day, no one wants this kind of injury, but also that Salomon Rondon, it's not going to affect him too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a horrible injury. Um, and yeah, like you said, not Rondon's fault at all. Um, I don't think he even knew McCarthy was there. McCarthy, mm. you know, he, he's, he's pulling the trigger as McCarthy de- gets his foot in, and it just so happens that McCarthy's leg is planted as Rondon kicks him. Yeah, And that's what causes this, you know, this double leg break, um, which is horrible to see. I thought Rondon's reaction says it's told you a lot about the man Mm -hmm. you know he was absolutely distraught um and um he almost couldn't carry on fair play to me did i thought his response to that as well was was impressive you know he carried on and he he got back up to speed pretty quickly um i thought the first five minutes ten minutes after that i was watching him quite closely and he looked a bit of a shadow of the player that he'd been for the rest of the game but then Mm -hmm. he then he started getting back into his hustle and bustle after that after the game party, you said he's okay. I've spoken to him. Um, this is Rondon, of course. McCarthy yeah. had to be rushed to hospital, um, so I think Rondon will be all right after that. Obviously, our condone, you know, our you know, our wishes go with McCarthy because that's a horrible, horrible thing to happen—a double mm. leg break, tib and fib. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be out for a year, so it's, it's 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 a tough one for him to take. Um, and you know, on I suppose it's. It's on days like that where you don't. The result is pales into significance compared to the um, compared to an injury like that. Um, it was also nice to see Rodriguez going over to him and, and and you know comforting him when he was when he had his injury. I thought mm. you can tell that there are you can tell that they're you know the Albion squad are full of good blokes as it were. You know that there's a lot of good characters in that dressing room, and I think that's probably will help them in the uh, in the in the run in. Um, you know, there's despite that twenty game winless run, you didn't really hear any. Um, Rumours of rifts In dressing room Everyone was still Pulling in the same direction To to use a a horrible cliche But um, Mm. I think um, You know Pulis' Recruitment Can be criticised For a number of things Um, You know Stocking up on Holding midfielders Was a bad idea Yeah Um, Has left the team In in trouble But He always did Put a lot of emphasis On the character of Of the players That he bought And I think You look at the squad now And It's full of good characters um, and Rondon and Rodriguez um, epitomised that on Saturday for me. And you know, in a week where we all remembered Cyril Regis and what what character he was, mm. I thought that was uh, more than anything else, perhaps a, a fitting tribute to um, to Cyril's, I suppose, hum- humane outlook on life. More than anything else.
0: Yeah, and you touch on Cyril. Then um, the Premier League, of course, uh, making the move to to give tribute to him after. Some questions last week about whether that would be the case or not was it a good tribute. Goodison obviously, West Brom have something planned for the Southampton game, but it was a good tribute, right?
1: It's a fantastic tribute at Goodison. And Everton are a proper club, and they do things the proper way. Um, their fans are class, I think. And um, the fact that the fact that they let Albion um, take the banner into the away end, the fact that they did the they you yeah. know announced the minutes applause before the Premier League wide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the Premier League bowed to uh, media pressure and uh, and did it as well on Friday Um, just goes to show what sort of club they are Um, as for the you know the wide nationwide tributes I was frankly appalled that the Premier League and the Football League didn't decide to do anything for Regis and the Mm. Premier League at least they bowed to pressure and and said yep okay we will do something this man deserves something the Football League didn't and um, I think that's a real shame because um, for me um, there's arguably not a more important footballer uh, in the 20th century, culturally speaking, mm-hmm. who changed, literally changed the face of the game, yeah. you know, literally changed it. And um, I, I think that's a, that was a real oversight from the Football League. Considering the likes of Nelson Mandela and George Best got nationwide um, minutes of applause, I don't see why we just shouldn't, you know, he, mm. he was almost as good as best. And had almost as big an impact on um, you know black rights in this country as, as Mandela so it you know I'm not saying that what he's you know he stacks up to either of them yeah but put together that package it's hard to argue that um he doesn't deserve it more than both of them yeah. my, in, in, that's my in my opinion and I think um it was a real shame the good thing is that a lot of fans you know did pay tribute to him over the weekend and like you say there'll be even more um, at the uh, Southampton game
0: yeah, and the likes of course, Villa and Wolves, you know, paid their respects yes, you know, regardless that, of what the Football League said. Yeah, they, yeah they, exactly. They, I mean, they they the Football League them.
1: said they they would, you know, we we shouldn't say that they they stopped anyone doing it. They said they said they support anybody that wanted to do it. They were just going to give no obligation to their seventy two teams. I personally think that everyone should have been, that all the teams in the in the country should have been remembering him uh, on the weekend. Mm. Um, but yeah, you have to do have to tip your hats to Villa and Wolves. I mean, there was a banner up at Villa, mm-hmm. and that, that's fantastic to see. Wolves, they did a double-page spread in their programme notes and a minute's applause. And, you know, that just goes to show... Obviously, I know he played for those clubs, but it still goes to show the impact, because he is most synonymous with Albion, the yep. impact he had on the West Midlands scene as a whole.
0: Yep, um, and he, he would like to see this, of course. Is, is some momentum building now at, at Albion under Alan Pardew? Because it didn't come straight away after his appointment, did it? But it's finally starting to build. Now. Yeah, the slow
1: burn, I would call it. You know, he... It was um, the first game, was the Palace game, wasn't it? And that was a 0 0 draw that they, they looked really good but couldn't score. And then soon after that was the Swans again where they were dreadful. So it hasn't been an, a, an immediate manager bounce, but slowly but surely he's improving the team. Mm. He's settled on his first 11 now. I think it's a good first 11. I think I, I like that midfield too with Krakowiak and Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brunton and, and Phillips on the wings. I mean, it. it it does beg a belief how Brunt wasn't getting in the team really um, when Pulis was was here, um, and I think you're also seeing benefits of him, you know, go, moving away from the uh, the five man midfield. Rondon and Rodriguez look much more rejuvenated up front, um, and you know he's playing simple four four two or four four one one, whatever you want to call it, um, but it's working, and um, there are signs there that they've got the ability. Because um, in the I think in the past few weeks you've you've seen the fight mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, these teams. This team isn't going to go down without a fight. But I think in the in the, in the, in more recent weeks, you've seen the fact that they, well, maybe they've got the ability to stay up. Yeah. Or maybe they don't need a massive overhaul in January. Maybe they don't need two or three players. I think they could still use them. I think actually they I, they they probably do need a finisher, mm. um, someone to put the ball in the net. Regardless of what I said earlier about Rodriguez and Rondon, um, just someone you know to come in maybe off the bench and uh, and and take a chance later on. Oh, no, I'm thinking about back to Robert Earnshaw that sort of that sort of character mm-hmm. um, because although Rondon and Rodriguez it'd be difficult to drop them at the moment. Yeah, you want someone pushing them. You really do. You want someone keeping them honest. And um, unfortunately at the moment, Robson Caru isn't doing that. Um, you know, he's been he's he has. Blown hot at times in his Albin career, but at the moment he, well, the last few games that he's played, he's not been too good. So mm. they do need some some more help up front, whether it's a striker or, or a creative midfielder. Who knows? But um, this week is probably going to define the January window because um, P- Pardew's put a, uh, a deadline on Evans going. So if he, I imagine if he's going to go, it'll probably be this week. Yeah, uh, and that,
0: that moves us on brilliantly to the next segment that we've got prepared, which is something looking at transfer targets for Albion. Uh, it's a bit of a grading segment. So what I've done is I've scoured the web to find a number of linked players. Uh, those links might be strong, they might not be so strong. Uh, and I'm just basically going to ask you to grade some of those links, whether they'd be good for Albion, whether they'd be bad, whether you think they could happen. Uh so we'll get right into it. The first one I've got written down here, Mr. Troy Deeney, a man linked with Albion for what seems now the past two or three years.
1: yeah, they definitely like him um and it was it was commonly thought well, we thought it was pulis who liked him and he did Parridge come in and said, yeah, I'm also a fan um he is someone of interest the The problem is he's going cost a lot of money mm. so even if you sold Evans for say twenty five million pounds. Dini might even cost more than that because he got, I think he's got three and a half years left on his contract. Yeah. So that would be really difficult to do. They're very interested in him, but I, I think and and you know the rumours and the rumblings are that Deeney would be interested in coming. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that you know financially that that might be quite a difficult one to do. Um, you've also got a, di- a difficult situation at Watford now where they've just set their manager. So if someone mm-hmm. comes in and really likes really likes Troy, and, you know he's still their club captain and makes him the focal point of their attack then he might think okay I'm okay here mm. but you know he is um, yes he is known to be interested and Albion known to be interested in him but uh, financially it might not be uh, might not be achievable this window
0: yeah one man who might be more financially achievable considering that it might be a loan option uh, which was reported as Danny Ings
1: well Liverpool have said no to that so um, as reported in the Express and Star last week mm-hmm. <laughs> um Pardew, Pardew likes him. He tried to sign him at Newcastle. Yeah, big fan of Danny Ings. Um, they have a, they have approached Liverpool with a loan offer for Danny Ings as as well as Daniel Sturridge, um, and Liverpool have said no to both so far. I'm sure they will continue to try. I think Ings's salary is probably more affordable than Sturridge's. Yeah. So he's more likely. Um, Sturridge also. I would, I would guess Sturridge would probably think he could get a better. A better club or a bigger club um you know that's not saying are we are not a big club but they are currently 19th and second bottom and you have yeah. to work with what you've got so Ings is a possibility um but at the moment Liverpool are saying no mm. uh
0: one from newcastle alexander mitrovic reported earlier on this week
1: yeah well i think mitrovic um he's, he's rafa benitez doesn't like him and um he will you know Mitrovic is looking for a new club so how much of that is agent-led? How much of that is Albin um, Albin ge- genuine interest? I'm sure the club are aware of him. Mm-hmm. He's probably an option, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was more agent-led because Mitrovic wants to leave, and well, Benitez, he doesn't want to leave. Benitez wants him isn't a fan of him, so Mitrovic needs to leave for the best for for his own you know career.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, when I first saw that link, for me, if I if I was Pardew, I mean, I'm not a football manager, but. I no offense, no offense to the lad, but I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. I mean, he's not got the greatest scoring record. He did okay in the championship. He's never been prolific at Premier League level, and he's got quite a well-known disciplinary problem.
1: That's the issue, isn't he? I mean, Pardew quite good with um, badly behaved players. He's quite good at. Um, he's got a history of um, putting his arm around their shoulder and doing quite well with them. So he might not think he might see that as a, as a challenge or something that he could overcome. Um, I actually think Mitrovic every time I've seen him I've I've quite liked him I think he's Mm. got that hustle and bustle I just wonder if he is you know a bit similar to Rondon I just wonder if they're you know what they want is um, a little poacher a little um, six yard predator rather than um, you know a a target man like say Dini or or Mitrovic Mm -hmm. Um, albeit if they come in and score goals it doesn't really matter what they look like or what they do does it? (laughs) No
0: that's it Uh, one man West Brom fans will be familiar with probably not for the right reasons given that he
1: played for Wolves Benikafobi I mean that link I mean that link has been around for a long time he's certainly somebody that I've been aware of but I I think that you know he can't get into the Bournemouth team as far as I can see I don't know if he's good enough um, for me if that were to happen it'd probably be one of desperation rather than uh, anything else I mean there's talks of he's going to cost £10 million I can't see that myself mm-hmm. but um, you know they are they are aware of him so you never know
0: yeah and uh, from West Ham Diafra
1: Sacco another name no. who was linked not going to happen not going to happen I mean Sacco um, was nearly coming to Albion was it, a year and a half ago and then his he failed a medical mm-hmm. and um it all broke down and I know that a few uh, few people at Albion were, were quite surprised by the shape of how his back had the shape of his back yeah. and he's been I mean he's barely played for West Ham the last two years because of various reasons I that, that would be very surprised if that happened I can't see them going back for him
0: Yeah and then uh, we've got two centre backs which we'll just go over considering that Johnny Evans is the man who's pretty much all of West Brom's transfer business barring any you know modest loans as you would say uh, circle around him. Um, potential replacements: Aidan Flint from Bristol City. He's he's pulled up trees at Bristol. To be fair, yeah, yeah. he's a good he's, goal scorer. Again, he's, again,
1: they are interested. Do they 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 are aware of him. Um, it will just be whether they could. I suppose they could entice him out, but I don't know. I, I from what I can gather, if Evans goes, the likely out, outcome mm-hmm. depends how much you get for Evans. But the likely outcome would be. Um, Ali Gabir from Zamalek coming in, in on loan to the mm-hmm. end of the season. And then you redirect those funds from the Evans sale to the, the other end of the pitch. I don't think you're in a position now where you want to be spending. How much would Flint cost? 10, 15 maybe? I don't, you, don't want to be, you don't want to be spending the majority of your money on a centre back because you've got Higazi, Dawson, uh, McCauley already there. And then if you can get Gabir in on a loan for 750k, mm-hmm. then you do that, use him as a fourth choice or a third choice or see how he is. you know you never know he might be another Higazi and then he, he works his way into the team mm-hmm. but you don't need a uh, it's not as important as a striker or an attacking midfielder for me mm-hmm. so I'd be surprised if Flint yes they're interested but we're surprised if he came this was this window at all
0: so I'm assuming I'll get a similar answer if I throw the name Ben Mee out there considering that he's ben a Burnley Mee, as well Ben Mee would
1: be... ben Mee's wouldn't come in January I'd, I'd be I mean I think it would shock everybody hmm
0: All right, so uh, hopefully that's given you guys a little bit of a taste of transfer dealings that could happen or ones which uh, we think, or or were rumoured, and Matt Wilson's thoughts on those. Uh, One thing we've got now, um, unfortunately they can't be with us now, but they're going to be recorded slightly separately, so we'll edit in this little conversation. Uh, We've got uh, Andrew Turton, who listeners to the Baggy Broadcast will be fully aware of, but we've also got... Uh, Harry Leather who works here at Expressing Star as a digital journalist he's a big Liverpool fan Uh, we're going to uh, get a little bit of a conversation with those two guys previewing the game before we do so with Matt uh, against Liverpool in the FA Cup this weekend Uh, so you can listen to their thoughts about the game now So I'm here, I'm here with two big names at the Expressing Star First of all, one you will all recognise Mr Andrew Turn, digital journalist here and big Baggies fan, Andrew how are you? Good, thank you, Luke. How are you? How are you? I'm good, mate. Always glad to have you on the podcast. I oh, know. It's, it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. That's it. Uh, but we're joined by another man who you may not know, uh, who is also a digital journalist here at the Express and Start, an acting head of digital... <laughs> And a big Liverpool fan, Mr Harry Lever. Harry, how are you?
2: Hello, hello. Very
0: good. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me. Not too bad, not too bad. It's always a pleasure to have people on, especially a Liverpool fan, considering that the Baggies are facing Liverpool this weekend in the FA Cup fourth round. We'll jump straight into it. Uh, Harry, we're seeing a bit of change at Liverpool this month. Uh, Coutinho's obviously gone, but Virgil van Dijk's come in.
2: Um, Have the club really been affected in terms of the way their form's going? Well. We beat Man City, and we're the first team to do so, so if anything, who is Philip Coutinho? We don't even need him <laughs> anymore. they <laughs> yeah, I'll be in there I think. Oxlade-Chamberlain, just as good. Um, well, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Let's be honest. We've only had the one or two games, and we beat City 4-3 without Van Dyke playing. Mm. So um, our attack's just as good. We still conceded three, but then it's Man City. Most teams concede three against Man City. Um, I think Van Dijk. He looked class in his first game against Everton. I think he will make a big difference. Um, so yeah, pretty positive to be honest.
0: Are you uh, looking forward to the game against the Buggies? I mean, you're at home yeah. as well. So well, I'm
2: looking forward to it so much that I've actually given my season ticket away for the match. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably shouldn't be admitting to that. Because um, mainly because I'm such a committed work worker here at the Express and Star, and I'm working all weekend. But mm. um, I will be watching it on the, on telly. I'm nervous. I just always get nervous against the back, and we tend to draw all the time, don't we? I can't remember the last time you guys beat us. It must have been about five, four five years ago, I think. Uh, well,
3: yeah. When did we win two 0 There was a two nil. T- uh, 2013. Oh so uh, yeah, that was Odin Wingy popping
2: up, was it? I don't back in saying, Brendan Rogers' days.
3: Yeah, th- yeah, that was a good performance. But yeah. I
2: just, I'm used. Well, I'm used to watching us draw 0-0 against Poulos, to be honest. And now you got Pardew. Yeah. It's a new Adam, Although we still drew 0-0 with him. What was that? Three weeks ago. Yeah. 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 yeah so nervous but optimistic I would say
0: Yeah. yeah. Turz, uh one question which was always asked of Liverpool at the start of the season was the defence mm-hmm. they've obviously brought in Van Dijk and uh, to be honest at home they've, the questions about their defence aren't really that fair because they have done well especially at Anfield is there any sort of way you can see Albion going out and winning this
3: game I think just being positive, getting on the front foot a little bit, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, Pardew wants to keep the momentum. That that little bit of momentum that we've got out of like <laughs> winning and drawing two games uh, in the league back to back. So you know, you want to try and keep that go, that momentum sort of pushing on a little bit. And uh, the only way to do it is is to almost sort of mirror and have been playing a little bit. You know, not try and change it about too much. Not try and keep in too much of the league. Uh, in, the, in the back of their mind, because at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and, and try and put good performances in and, and uh, keep it going. Yeah, and it's certainly a
0: competition which you enjoys, but Harry, is, is it one which Jurgen Klopp really takes that seriously? I think it is, to be honest.
2: Um, I mean, if we don't win a trophy this year, it is the longest time since Shankly that Liverpool have gone without winning a trophy. Mm. And Klopp is yet to win one. We've got to the UEFA Cup, or well, Europa League. Final. Got to the was it League Cup we lost to City yeah. in the final. I haven't been to the FA Cup with them yet, so I think he knows the importance of winning a trophy. Um we've only played Everton so far this year, so it's not your normal third third round game, but we took that certainly took that seriously It that was a great win. I think he'll be seeing this as a big chance to win a trophy. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he didn't play anything but a full strength team. Yeah, to be honest. But we'll, we we had to play this last weekend as well, we got Swansea uh this evening. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes and a couple of niggles, but I think I think it'll be a strong team for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's weird with Klopp because he hasn't really been any under any pressure, despite not actually winning anything. Is there, is there pressure going to build from fans if if it's another season where well, not of mm. mediocrity, but of not actually going out and getting a trophy?
2: I think so. I think certainly if we don't going far in Europe and qualifying again for the Champions League, it's I don't think he'll be he'll be sacked. Whatever, but mm. pressure will inevitably build. I know my brother who goes to the game with me all the time. He uh, thinks if he can't sort the defence out this season he's got to go. So yeah, we need to win. We need to win a big trophy and uh, that'll just give him that even more time. Which he doesn't necessarily need but it's all very good playing good football but if you don't win silverware then what's the point really? It's mm. interesting though that 4-3, that's got to give you so much sort of positivity. Yeah, I, for sure, I, I, I was bouncing for hours afterwards. <laughs> I haven't heard that I mean Anfield's famous for the atmosphere but like just about anywhere in the Premier League Saturday at 3 o'clock it's quiet and it's crap generally but the City game there was incredible noise Lots, certainly particularly after the derby as well mm. so yeah I think everyone's pretty optimistic now it's just going to be intriguing to see whether Van Dijk really makes that difference at the back Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he still stood in front of Leo Alcarius, so yeah. that's why the baggies. There's there, there will be chances, I'm sure. You, everybody has chances against Liverpool, just whether you can take them when they come.
3: Well, the one thing we've done coming, uh, or Pard, you seem to have got right the last couple of weeks is we've actually got back to being good from set pieces and putting mm. teams under pressure for set pieces. We obviously scored the two against Brighton the other week, so maybe that's turned a bit of a corner where, for most of this season, we appeared pretty lacklustre. Really, considering that was like a comp- you know, a real focal point of, uh, you know, we scored a lot of goals. I think Brunty coming back into the team has been a big help for that as well. So if any, if there's one area where we might oh, for sure. look to put the pressure on, it could be through. My In heart course.
2: rate generally increases by about 30% every time we concede a set-piece still. So, mm. yeah, should definitely be putting pressure on there. Yeah.
3: That's
0: it. And Turs, I mean, obviously, mean, I've got the biggest squad in the world. But you expect to see many changes. I mean, is there anyone you'd really like to see
3: play? I don't. I don't expect a lot of changes. I mean, potentially, it'd be nice to see sort of Field and and uh, and Liko, uh, you know, get chances. But I probably see them coming off the bench. The only person who might get a rest potentially is Barry. He's tended to to want to withdraw him where he can and 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 sort of uh, limit his football. And again, with Johnny Evans. Uh, he sort of been slightly in and out. There's been question marks over maybe slight issues with fitness the last mm-hmm. few weeks and that. So potentially he might look to bring McCauley, in. But then were the only two changes for me, really. I should think that he wants to keep a pretty stable team.
0: Yeah, and Harry, I mean, the question on every Albion's fan mind will be, are we going to see the big guns of Liverpool on the pitch or are we going to see... You're, I mean, there's still big names, like likes of Daniel Sturridge. Mm. Players like that, are we going to see the second string come out or is it going to be a strong team, do you reckon?
2: I imagine there'll be a couple of changes, but, I mean, clock rotates generally anyway. Mm. So there's often a lot, particularly full-backs, he, he very, very rarely plays the same back four for more than, more than one game in a row. Swaps the keeper all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having said that, people like Firmino, he, he works harder than almost anyone in the Premier League up front. And, uh, and plays every game, so yeah, I think the attack will be strong. You'll see at least two out of Firmino, Salah, Mane. Probably all of them will feature at some point. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a almost, if not full strength, Liverpool team.
0: Yeah, and the big question, I suppose, around the FA Cup, which is is growing year on year, is whether clubs are actually taking the, the competition seriously anymore. As fans, do you guys think that your club should be taking the FA Cup seriously, and if not, Without what doubt.
3: Well, yeah. I, I, mainly up until this season, I would have said it, it should be a priority for West Brom. But because we've slipped into the relegation zone, obviously there's bigger. Uh, problems going on you know but certainly if you're a mid-table team or any team really without a realistic chance of winning the title or, or you've slipped behind a little bit then gosh you know you've got to try and win a, a, you know and go to Wembley that's what everyone's in it for isn't it I can't understand why you
2: want. I think team. managers vastly underestimate how much trophies mean to fans even the league cup. I want to win everything that we're playing in doesn't matter how many games we've got there's no excuse for not taking it seriously, in my opinion. And if the manager's had any sense, even from a cynical point of view, it'll buy them heaps more time in an incredibly pressured environment. Mm. Win a trophy, it can cover up all sorts of cracks. And at the end of the day, who doesn't want a trip to Wembley?
3: Well, look at, look at look Arsene Wenger last season, you know, getting so much stick. Mm. Uh, got over the line with the um, with the FA Cup. And yet now he played a bit of a weakened team against not so far the other week. They got knocked out and all the fans were back on his back again, you know. So... Mm. Uh, Yeah, I I think, you know, I can't understand why managers don't give it a bit of crack.
0: Yeah, great stuff, guys. And we'll finish with a match prediction. I'll start with you, Harry. Uh, Liverpool at home, how do you reckon you'll get
2: on? It's the baggies, so 1-1's always in my head, but I only say 3-1. (laughs) 3-1? To Liverpool, just to (laughs) (laughs) claim. That'd be a fantastic result, i take it every day. Um, For
3: me, even though I wouldn't really want a replay, that's my best case scenario I think if we just about managed to get a 1-1 and take it back to the Hawthorne for do that yeah well then that's probably that would be the best case scenario I think.
0: Well fingers are crossed for that result on an Albion perspective but Harry I'm sure will be hoping for something else. I'd like to thank you both for joining us today Harry thank you. Thank you, Luke it's been a pleasure. Andrew Andrew, thank you thank you Luke. and um, uh, cheers guys. Great. So I hope you enjoyed that little conversation with Andy and Harry. Uh, it's always nice to get a bit of a opposition view, view from Mister Leather, uh, and hopefully, you know, it's a game which will live up to uh, the talk that we just had. Of course, we've always got your questions coming in at the Baggies broadcast, and we're always thrilled to have them. And we've got a number we're going to quickly go over with you guys now. Uh, the first question, Matt. You uh, you've actually addressed this on Twitter, but it's always worth sharing this with the uh, dedicated podcast listeners. It comes from Dave. Newell, he's asking about the Liverpool ticket allocation. What were the issues with that? And uh, have you asked some questions to Arby about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Luke. Um, yeah, so the, the Liverpool ticket allocation, obviously, um, with the FA Cup, you can take 15% rather than 10%. So there is a, a potential to take you know, 8,000 fans to Liverpool. Now, unfortunately, Liverpool, the game is um, Saturday night um, on TV. And Liverpool was an a ground that a lot of fans have been to already because mm-hmm. we've been in the Premier League the last seven or eight seasons. So um, Liverpool wanted to know the allocation um, last Wednesday before the Everton game. And at that stage, the demand suggested, this is according to the club, suggested that um, 1,800 would be more than enough. Mm-hmm. So they took 1,800. Then obviously, we go to Everton quite a good point team play well a bit more demand um, and it's turned out Monday morning that before the t- well as the tickets go on general sale Albin have sold out that 1800 allocation. Mm-hmm. now I don't I don't believe they can take any more so because Liverpool are now selling into, that, into those zones so you, you've got a situation where fans can't buy tickets fans who wanted to go to the game can't buy tickets now I think that's I think that is a shame mm-hmm. um, I think you should you know it's the club should always look after its fans and should always try and be able to accommodate them and, and, and get tickets for them. Um, I do understand that the difficulties surrounding um, away allocations, though, you know, they would have to have taken another. I, th- I don't know the exact thresholds, but they have to go up to maybe 3,000 and then 5,000 and 8,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't sell those tickets, then you still have to pay for them. So you end up giving... You end up giving Liverpool a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then you're in danger if they go on general sale of Liverpool fans coming in, sweeping up those tickets. Then you've got a situation where maybe a third or a quarter of the away end is full of Liverpool fans. Yeah, that's the danger. That's the that was the thinking behind their um, their decision making. Um, but I do understand the concern, the the annoyance, and the and and how irritating it is. I think the club are probably, you know, they look back on on how. Many fans travelling to away fan, away games and they're they're looking at the Pulis era. Whereas I think a lot of fans are now getting coming back because of Pardew. Um, there's a, there's there's a there's a bigger appetite there. I would say to go and watch games. Um, I it's impossible to know how many fans have been. I've um, been unable to get tickets um, this week because of it. Um, you know there are lots of people complaining. Oh, we should have taken more. But those those people may have already got tickets. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to know who. It's well, it's impossible to know really how many w- ha- haven't been able to go because of this decision. I would say that I personally think they could have gone for the three thousand. If th- I think that's the right the right amount, if they could have gone for the three thousand. Yeah. Um, even though that is nearly doubling what what they asked for, um, I think there probably would have been demands. That being said, I understand the difficulty in making these decisions before the Everton game. You know, if you lose at Everton, mm-hmm. I'd be—you know—they may not have even got 1800. You know, fans. Excuse me for saying this, but fans are fickle, mm-hmm. and the—you know—if if things are going well, they will go, and if things aren't going well, they won't. And that's—they've got every flipping right to do that, by the way. Because who would want to go and pay however much money it is and, and waste your Saturday night on a um you know on on a team if you think they're playing poorly mm-hmm. and um, spend a hundred quid i completely understand why you know when you're playing better you go more i com- i completely get that but that means that this away ticket allocation thing is a movable feast yeah and you have to make decisions on it like i say i think they may have could have, they probably could have taken the 3000 fans i think it's a shame that didn't mm-hmm. um but w- because liverpool wanted the uh, wanted to know so soon in advance that's why uh, this situation has been born about. Um, mm. So there you go.
0: Makes sense. Uh, Baggy Andy, he asks, uh, did Alan Pardew know there was no money in the pot for the January window when he took the job? Uh, it's frustrating, as we all know, a striker is needed and surely spending 10 to 15, 10 to 20 million is a sound investment.
1: Yes, he did. He was told. He, mm. was, he was told unless you can offload players, we've got nothing left. So um, he was aware of it and he's... Mm. Uh, you know, he's never criticised the board because he said I was, I was aware of that situation.
0: Fair enough. Answered very swiftly. Uh, a couple of people, John Francis, one of them asking about Tyler Roberts's situation.
1: Well, Tyler was um, has come back from his loan at Warsaw, mm-hmm. um, so he, he played his last game for Warsaw at the weekend. He trained with Albion last week. Pardew really liked the look of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he said not an easy one for the future. He could be one to help us this this season. Um, you know, T- Tyler has um, been tearing up trees in League One according to uh, Joe Massey, our Warsaw correspondent who yep. thinks he's got the abilities to play in the Premier League um, he's going to train with his first team again this week I believe and then there's going to be a decision made on it the fly in the ointment as it were is the fact that Roberts' contract runs out in the summer they've got six months left Albin have offered him a new deal mm-hmm. he's not, not so far, he hasn't signed one um, Leeds are interested, Rangers are interested there's a couple of other teams that are interested in him and um, it'd be interesting to see where that one goes because I'd like to see him stay. I think, based, purely based, because Joe Matthews sits next to me, keeps telling me how flipping good he is. <laughs> but um, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him stay if, if we can, because obviously you want to keep your academy stars on. Um, but it might be a case we don't know. We don't know the ins and outs of the contract negotiations. We don't know how much he's asking for, what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. He might just want to, a guaranteed first-team football, which Albin probably can't give him. Um, that being said, Pardew likes him. He's taking a look at him, and he, he's a fan. So wait and see what happens with that one um, hopefully Albion managed you know, the ideal situation is Albion managed to time down to a new contract mm-hmm. he they throw him into the squad he comes off the bench and he's that little poacher that I was talking about you know he gets a goal or sets up a few goals or whatever and then we've got another Sam Field on our hands mm-hmm. that's the ideal situation um, but I don't think Pardew um, should be criticised if he doesn't decide to do it because he's obviously do, he he's said quite quite a few times now young players development's going to have to take a back step um, at this club for the next six months whilst we focus on staying up Mm. so if he doesn't think Roberts is right just like he doesn't think Burke is right you know that's that's plainly obvious then um, he won't play him um, and then that might lead to Roberts uh, leaving that would be a shame but Mm. um, I suppose paddy has got to do what he's been brought in to do which is keep the club up
0: that's it and final question here uh, from uh, the Twitter feed at Rondon uh, are we selling anyone apart from Johnny Evans? Uh, he mentions Livermore and Hal Robson Carnu Is there any chance they could leave?
1: Um I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if there's any interest in them. Mm-hmm. Um I mean there might be a couple of clubs who've made inquiries, but I I mean Livermore especially would would probably there'd probably be a couple of teams who think they could use Livermore as a as a holding midfielder. But Livermore's only been out of the team for a couple of games, so he's probably not on the radar of many of many um, you know, of many uh, clubs at the moment because I think he was he was in the team for a while. So mm-hmm. you've also got a situation where Barry's not that that young, and uh, Kukovia going into the, the season. Yeah. So if you sell Livermore, then you know you're you're then leaving yourself another hole to fill next season in the summer. So I'd be surprised if that happened. Robson Kano, um, I'd, again, I'd be surprised if anyone came in for him. But mm-hmm. you know.
0: That's it, certainly. Plenty of questions and keep them coming in. Um, And we've got one more here from Sideboard Billy on Twitter. Uh, He's asking about the three-degree statue R. Why aren't the club contributing? Or will Albion Albion put some money up toward that statue?
1: No, they won't. And I think the reason behind it is because anyone who's seen the statue will probably realise that doesn't really look very much like the players in question. Mm. Um, And there's a big history there's a long history behind this statue you know it was um it's been going in the pipeline for four five six years now and um the man behind it's got funding from a number of sources and um there is um it's you know there's still a bit more money to get mm-hmm. now i know a lot of fans want to see a statue um but a while ago Jeremy peace offered to um take this into, because he didn't like the statue, he doesn't think it looks very very similar to the players in question, Regis, Cunningham and Batson, Mm -hmm. he offered um, Jim Cadman the opportunity to um, hand over the reins of this statue to him. They would get a new one drawn up, new one prototyped, and then they'd look after it and probably put it at the Hawthorns. Cadman declined, and um, he's now trying to get it... um, you know, it was initially planned for West Brom High Street, he now wants it at the Hawthorns, but the club I would be very surprised. In fact I'm I'm pretty sure they won't do that because mm-hmm. they don't think it's a fair accurate representation of, of the players and they would rather not unveil that at the Hawthorns. Um, and having seen it myself, I completely agree with them. I, I think that it's it's not a it's not a good job. Um, apparently the sculptor in question has actually done some fantastic work in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't believe this would be a, a, a fitting tribute to them so um that's why the club are, are, are not getting involved and mm-hmm. um you know there are also some other things going on with uh, going on with that statue um that we probably can't go into mm-hmm. um that you know i i think the club are being sensible in this situation and um, not getting involved in that and planning to do their own tribute to cyril and three degrees in in their own way mm-hmm. and, we'll, and we'll wait to see what that is
0: Certainly, something they want to get done properly. I suppose it's not something that you. Yeah, want you do, to... yeah,
1: you don't want to jump on the back of something and then you know have it at the Hawthorns for time immemorial, and then all of a sudden you know and, and people think actually it doesn't look very good. Yeah. So um, that's my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Each family have their own thoughts on it, but I think um, you no, know, there is a there is a. The club do want to win us Cyril in a way, you know, they, they, in a lasting way, mm-hmm. um, and we'll see what they will see what they come up with. You know, nothing's been finalised yet, but um, I think they're going to get through the Southampton game first, mm-hmm. and then they're going to sit down and have a think about it.
0: Certainly so. But well, one game they face this weekend, Albion, is Liverpool away at Anfield. Uh, the FA Cup fourth round. You beat Exeter to get there. It's not exactly the draw which all Albion fans would have hoped for, no. is it?
1: No, not at all. I, I, was, uh, I said it was a rubbish draw when it came out. And the fact that it's Saturday night as well has just made it even worse. It's a ground that we've... Don't get me wrong, Anfield's great. I love it. I love going there. But it's mm-hmm. a ground that everyone's been to uh, before. You know, We'd much rather have another extra, thank you.
0: Yeah, and is, is this a game which Alan Pardew will... I mean, you've got to look at the position that West Brom are in and it's almost the same case with every round when it gets to the Cups with teams in the position that Albion are. Is this something that... Pardew should be taken super serious, or is it something where he's going to, you know, maybe switch around, make a couple of changes?
1: As a league game a few days later, went at Man City midweek, so I, di- I can't imagine him putting out a full strength side at Liverpool. Mm. I fully expect Liverpool to win, um, and it might be a chance for you know those fringe players to stake a claim for for a place in the team. Um, you know, it's a difficult one for Pardew because what does he do? Does he keep the same team and keep that sort of positive? Vibe going that has been going on, and, and get those ke- that chemistry going again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or does he rest the likes of you know Barry? He probably needs a rest. Phillips, who you know is a bit bit injury prone, yeah. um, even you know Johnny Evans as well. You know pe- players like that. I think we'll see quite a few changes.
0: Yeah, and you, we did touch on Tyler Roberts earlier. Is there a chance that he could be
1: almost thrust into the action? I
0: mean, it's, he's he's very asked. soon. You so never know. I mean, around. we're talking
1: Monday. We're talking Monday lunchtime, aren't we? So. I think it depends what happens this week mm-hmm. um, in training and um, you know elsewhere with that, um, but you never know. Uh,
0: and of course, Albion held Liverpool to a draw in the league uh, back in December. I mean, it's a very different competition. It's a different way of it's a different game altogether. Um, there's been a lot of changes at Liverpool since we last since the baggies last played them. Um, Do you go into the game holding
1: any hope that a similar result could happen or that Albion could even nick it? Yeah of course you've got to to have hope yeah but I'd be surprised purely for the reasons that I've stated the league's more important and uh, probably not going to be a full strength side Liverpool okay they might not put out a full strength side I think are they still in the Champions League? Yeah Uh, yeah, I believe so they're probably prioritising the league and the Champions League so they might not put out a full strength side but um, and you've got to have hope of course You know, there's every chance that those players on the fringes will come in and, and, and do a great job um, but you know, you know I, I just think it, it might be uh, with thoughts at the uh, game With thoughts will be completely focused on the game at Man City it, it might just be one that uh, falls by the wayside
0: Yeah it certainly could be and do you reckon this is um, almost a, an issue now for Pardew where he thinks it's either a bit, a, a bit of an unwanted distraction do you think?
1: Um, it's hard to know. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's difficult because I love the FA Cup, and you know, I have got a great history in pedigree in the FA Cup. It's 50 years since we last won it, so would it would be great. It would be great to go on a little cup run. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never know. You know, if you put some fringe players in, they, then they perform, and they, like, well, I want to get in the team. It could happen. Um, I don't think you can go into any game throwing in the town. Of course not. I just personally think that. Um, yeah, focus will be on Man City.
0: Yeah, and I'll finish up with a quick match prediction from you if I can, Matt. Liverpool win. Liverpool win. Do you have a scoreline? I think it could be
1: close. Maybe give it
0: a 2-1. I'll go for a 3-0 home win. I do not think Albion are going to to take the game as seriously as um, some other teams may do when it gets to this round of the Cup. Um, But fingers crossed that they can get a result and maybe prove me wrong. Um, Of course... We wish luck to Albion going into the game, uh, but we do believe thoughts may be uh, slightly going toward the league. Uh, for all the latest Albion news, make sure you stay with us here at Express and Star. We do ask for all your comments, all your questions, everything that's coming in. Um, Matt, I'd like to thank you for taking part in today's podcast. Thank you, Luke. Not a problem. Uh, and I'd like to thank you all for listening for all the latest. Make sure you stay with us, and we'll catch you guys next week.